Right, so we're all sitting comfortably. I've got a mid-yawn. Jake, you're always mid-yawn. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Room Podcast, brought to you by 7videos and me, Paul Sherwood. Each week we'll be cutting through the things that you want to know about video marketing. 7videos have been going for nearly 10 years now, and over that time we've had many achievements but also learned a lot of things along the way. This podcast is an opportunity for us to share all that knowledge and all that experience with you. Each episode is going to focus on a different topic concluding with our seven top tips that you can start to put into action in your business. As with all podcasts out there, you know the drill. If you think it's any good, don't forget to give us a follow and keep up to date on when the next episode drops. Hello and welcome to episode four of The Cutting Room. And this week we're going to be talking all about how to create the best video case studies. I'm Paul Sherwood, one of the founders here at 7videos, and I'm delighted to be joined by Joe, another one of our founders, and Jake, who's our producer. How are we feeling today, guys? Good. Really good. Yeah. I think we're getting into the swing of podcasting now. Yeah, so episode number four. I'd like to think we're becoming somewhat professional in this field now, would we say? Viral any day, I reckon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'd imagine so. No, I think it's good just being back in the room. I just find it really fun just kind of talking through like things that we've learned and yeah um looking back on things and then kind of how we've improved things to then give insight to people i think it's yeah so this week's all about creating video case studies these are probably the most popular type of videos that we create they've got a varied perception i guess um some people see them as the best thing that deliver the best return and some people can sort of perceive them as being a bit boring and have been a bit sort of older so where do we sit with all that for me i i do genuinely think case studies are probably one of the best ways of getting return on investment in video like i i understand where some people may think they are not necessarily the sexiest of videos that you can create comparing to to other ones but if you're um if you get it right and, and we'll talk through how to make a good case so if you get it right i think they're perfect really to kind of convince buyers, potential customers to take that next step because who's better at telling your story and, and what you stand for and why people should buy from you than people that have already done it. Do you know what I mean? It's all well and good having a nice promo video, which looks really cool, tells you everything you need to know, but you need that kind of reassurance from other people. I'd probably challenge that perception in that they can be perceived as um, boring is because it's the best opportunity to actually tell a story. You know, you've got all sorts of different types of videos, brand videos, explainer videos. This is your real chance to kind of really go on that sort of story arc that you see in lots of films and, and, you know, really place your company at the heart of something really good that's happened. It's like anything. If you if you do, don't do it very well, it can be boring. If you do it really well, it's it's the opposite. So I guess it can apply to anything really again just to let you know we are there's quite a bit of building work going on um in our office at the moment so if you do hear the odd bang here and there then we're just going to sort of power through so to get us started in terms of creating the best video case studies i guess it surely comes down to picking the right clients first right i think that's one of the the most important things involved in creating case studies because if you don't have the right company and the right person telling the story if they're not going to be 
that engaging and interesting there's only so much you can do to actually bring that out of them so i think the key things you need to look at is a company that you really delivered a lot of impact for i think obviously without that main story of uh, solving a credible problem you're not really going to end up with something that is that meaningful to to the viewer i think that problem also needs to be relatable to your target audience as well uh, yeah exactly just if if it's if that problem isn't relatable to that target audience and it's hard for them to connect with and you need to really think about who your different personas are and whether that's certain products that you're selling and trying to find the right case studies that match with those similar problems so people can relate to and i think when you're looking at pulling together case studies you do need to think a bit more strategically and look at where this case study is going to sit and kind of who 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 you're hoping to attract with it um and then you've also kind of got to look into is that company name kind of recognized within the industry as well because that's always good recognition and good credibility if they're a massive company within that sector as well as like jake you mentioned about having delivered something actually impactful and something where you can show that you've delivered either a good return on investment or whatever the results were it's making sure that your case studies do tally up with what your target audience are looking for and and solving those problems and i guess there's more than one problem so when you're looking to create case study content you're probably looking at step you know providing multiple pieces of content when telling us the story of your business you've probably got various different things that you would say sets you apart from the competition be that experience quality of products whatever it may be now not all of your customers will have experienced every single one of those things um that you're really going to shout about and it's something that we do also say when creating any videos you don't want to try and achieve too much in one piece so i think it all comes down to creating some sort of plan around how your case studies are actually going to work for you before you decide to make them. So if you can break your business down into, you know, what things would you say that you do well and what do you want to come across to your target audience? Like we've done it a little bit with our uh, values. You know, we want a case study that reflects each of our values. Quick test. What are our three values, Jake? We do what we say we'll no. We do what we say we'll do when we when we say we'll do it. That's always that's the mouthful one I can't get over. Um, life's too short for boring. Let's have some fun. And if we don't love it, it doesn't get out the door. Absolutely love it, but very very close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice to see we live and breathe them as well. By the fact you just answered it yeah. so off the cuff. And I think the the other thing is I think sometimes people can be guilty of choosing. Um, the company that they think are just more, most likely to give them a case study. And it's something we were guilty of when we first started Seven. They'd be like, oh, they're nice. They're nice. They like working with us. Yeah. Um, they'll they're give us one. Road, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like it's, it's so key to have that strategy and plan in place to then find the right people for it rather than just anybody who will give you a case study because they might say lovely things about how great you are, but it won't reach or hit the same pain points of your um target audience or target sector yeah a really great example that, that i've seen um 
just going back to um, producing series of case studies, and I think a really effective thing you can do is actually create almost like a branded series of case studies. And uh, someone who did this really well was a, a graphic design company called Canva. And what they did is they created this series called Design Stories, which obviously they keep adding videos to. So they go around finding different examples of professionals that have really unlocked their potential using their software and they become part of this series so I think having that almost iconic name to attribute the case studies to really creates that brand affinity and familiarity um, familiarity amongst your target audience it's something we've done pretty similar here at seven really in terms of having those complementary case studies so we work a lot in the IT and telecom sector so we've got quite a few case studies in that industry but we also work on a local level so we've got some a case study from a local authority there to support that we work on an international scale so we've got case studies from companies like Heineken to add that credibility piece and, and we're soon going to have case studies that are more product specific as well around events and remote filming and now we've got this suite of case study content that that, that can be tailored depending on what conversations we're having or where our clients fit. I think your case study page on your website should also act almost like your services or your products pages. It's just you're, you're telling that through uh, the words and of, of your clients who have um, had good experience in those different areas. And if you don't do it strategically like that, quite often you'll just end up with the same kind of general case study questions that you'd asked where it's like, oh, they're lovely to work with. They were on time. Always go the extra mile, really creative and professional. So so it's fucking everyone. (laughs) And and if you haven't thought about it like that, then you can't focus on those real bits and kind of the information that you need to get across that people are going to kind of resonate with and kind of answer those same problems that they're struggling with as well. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think that's... Touching on finding the right people and the right case studies and the ones that are going to complement each other. So getting into actually creating a case study, what do you need to do? I think you've got to be very clear on what the story is and almost treat it as that sort of the start, middle and end. So you first you're kind of looking around the challenges, what kind of problems was your client having when they chose to engage with you? what did you do what did you, how did you go about solving that what was the outcome what did the client end up with and then touching on the key benefits that they've seen as a result and then it's always good to sort of have a little bit of a reflection section at the end where you reflection of, section that's got a nice little ring to it um, yeah. where you kind of um reflect on the relationship how it's been to work with with each other and then sort of touching on um plans for the future i think that usually is how we tend to go with case studies that's not to say it's got to be like every time it's just you've got to make sure that there's some sort of story arc like a rise and fall with it like you would see in a normal film you know there's you start off with something that happens like there's a challenge the hero your company comes along and solves that and then in the end everyone's in a better position as a result so who's the villain in the story then the villain will be the the problem. So say if you're, I don't know, working with an accountant who's... Um, Hating on all the accountants. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> it's not like Gary King. 
But no, normally it's bad internet speed. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like it's like uh, you're working with a previous supplier who isn't living up to standards. So because they're not doing their job effectively, it might be losing you money or you might not be getting the return on investment that you want. So that's kind of the villain and the hero kind of comes in to save the protagonist, which is your company, and that's how you solve their problems. Um, like you say, I think that structure is a really good structure to start from. Um, and then the key bit is how you find... Because um, when you put it like that, it can sound a bit like kind of, um, what's the word, um, lack of personality maybe, or a bit kind of formulaic. The key bit is to kind of start off with that and then dig deeper to find out what what those results, what those challenges kind of meant for the people involved, whether that's the people on the ground, the, the key stakeholders, kind of what impact does it have on them personally as well to try and get that connection with the story with the viewer and it's a nice way of sort of introducing storytelling as well because it's it's something we talk about a lot here and it's you maybe think case study it's question you ask them a question they give you an answer there's no kind of craft and story element to it but that that couldn't be really sort of further away from the truth and you know it's it's about i guess trying to find some kind of emotional hook within that story as well yeah, I think that's important to um, establish quite early in the video to sort of draw people into you know what what are they actually doing here, um, what problem is being solved, and a good way of doing that is sort of starting out by perhaps someone saying we were struggling with this and it was really starting to affect us in this way. You know, the business was we weren't sure what was going to happen that kind of stuff really kind of draws people in and think, well, how did they solve that? What happened? And that's where you kind of draw people in. And I think, I think in everyday life, like everyone resonates more with personal feelings because everyone's experienced that. So to hear that from someone else, yes, someone might be the CEO of a, of an internet provider. I don't know that much about that, but if he talks about how it was really stressing him out because he didn't really know the direction his business was going to go into, well, I can resonate with the fact that he's facing a stressful situation. So that's kind of how you level the playing field, I think. But how do you get how do you get to that level of detail? Uh, good question. Um, <laughs> I think would it be through sort of effective interviewing techniques yeah. and really or in- what we do in terms of the process that we have, um, we'll always have an initial pre-production call with our client and their client to really kind of understand um, the story and the relationship between the two. So kind of what what were the problems, how have they overcome it, and kind of what what does that look like, what was what what did success look like, and how was it achieved. Um, and the key thing to really find out is who's going to be the best person to ask those questions. So making sure that it lines up with your target audience. So if it's if you're dealing with a marketing director, you need to show a marketing director in the video because that is who they're going to relate to. Um, they may not always be the one who knows the most about the actual product or service, which is fine because the person needs to relate to that person, not necessarily the person who's kind of executing. You can still have them in it and have interesting bits from them, but it, the key is having the right people. And then when, once you've got the right person, it's really digging down into... Digging down? That you, don't, you don't dig up, so... Oh, yeah, that's oh, true. you do yeah. dig up. Uh, down up. <laughs> anyway, so you really need to kind of dig deep into kind of what these things actually meant to those people on an individual basis as well. So 
if you've delivered a great return on investment or you've delivered these results, what did that mean for you personally as well? How does that make you feel? Because that's the way you kind of, kind of get people to connect with it, is kind of connected on that level. And the, like you say, market directors, market directors, they're going to have similar roles and responsibilities and, they, and the way, certain things that they do are going to impact their lives maybe in certain ways. So if you see that it's had such a positive impact on someone's life because of the products that you've created, then it's going to generate that interest. So that's kind of covering a lot of the, the kind of story elements. I know sort of, you know, you two are more the, the creative types and very much focused on, on the storytelling aspects. Myself, results person, um, how crucial is it to include sort of tangible results, stats, figures in your case studies as well? I think they are obviously very important because at the end of the day, you can't argue with numbers and facts, you know, and I think when ultimately when someone is coming to you to use you as a, as a company, um, the main thing they want to make sure happens is that they achieve a certain amount of return on investment or an increase in sales, whatever it may be, it's going to be a result. And the fact that you can show that and basically validate almost what you're doing with your other clients, that can be the difference between someone using you and not using you. Having said that, I think it's important to make sure that it's not just purely results within your case study it's got to kind of work in tandem with the things that we've said like making sure the story's right making sure it's engaging and making sure who's ever delivering the content is engaging themselves but i do think that as you say those key tangible results you can't argue with them and they they are really going to be the things that drive the impact of the video i think and, and without it it's not really a case study you're right in the sense that um, it doesn't want to be just facts and figures all the time, but you do kind of need those tangible results because otherwise it's just going to be a lot of wishy-washy. Yeah, these they were lovely to work There's no with, outcome to it. No. no result. Yeah, um, and that's what you need to know as a business owner. Or And I think the story and the, 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 the link between the story aspect and the results aspect is the story is going to keep the viewer engaged with the content and the results are going to be the ones that's going to drive action essentially now for myself as as a business owner that, that purchases services products um you make a lot of investment decisions based on the results of, of that company but it's the story that's going to keep them watching throughout without one the other doesn't work but results more for more important yeah, well, I think, I think <laughs> it depends which which way you look. Like like with my kind of like business owners out. Yeah, it is because that's kind of that's what's going to convince me. I th I think the the story element of things kind of builds that sort of yes, they're a nice, they're a good company to work with. But in terms of making that buying decision, I think it's those results that just top up that confidence in you as a company and and make the difference. So what kind of stats, I guess it's kind of relevant to whatever the particular business is, but what kind of things should we be asking? Because I know when we first started out creating case studies sort of 10 years ago, we were sometimes the first time we'd even speak to the interviewee would be in, in, the, in a live environment and we wouldn't get the answers that we were hoping for. Um, so what do we need to be doing to prepare from a results and tangible results aspects um to make sure you've got everything i think it's really important to really understand 
what's important to the client in terms of making a purchasing decision in the first place. And you need to think about that in the early stages of the story in terms of, you know, what were your goals when coming to seeking out the support of our company? So what were you looking to get out of it? And if you can kind of say, well, I wanted to increase an increase in sales from a very basic point of view. And at the end, say we increased our sales by X percent. It's a very clear sort of, we wanted to do this. We achieved that. This is the number. So I think getting those um, results almost prepared. Sometimes you do need to say to someone, oh, could you just check that? They may have the information available, but f- from their understanding, you they, they, they might not know that you need to know that for this, but it is quite important, to, as we've mentioned, to include that. So it is worth just beforehand just saying, do you have any uh, kind of numbers or results? Because you need, you need to know right at the start, like when you have those, yeah. like you say, that first call, you need to check that. Just... Back in the day, some some would turn up to um, when we didn't have such a thorough process. Sometimes I disagree with what our client has said has happened. So, like, you're it for them to be. You don't want to get into an argument with them <laughs> while you're doing it. Like, you've had it where they're like, oh, no, we, no, we haven't done that. Um, so, it's key that they're really bought in and, and bought into the case study themselves. So, um, have, asking those questions right at the beginning, that enables you to kind of get those answers when you're. When you're there, like say, all that needs to happen way before you get to an interview room and, and sitting down and speaking with them. We don't have any surprises, do you? And you know, there's there's we've touched on it how sort of um, clients first thing they come to us generally speaking is is a list of questions for a case study. Oh, I've got a case study I want to do. Here's I've come I've got ten questions, but fundamentally we don't care about what the questions are we it's kind of our job to come up with the questions that it's the results we want to be focused on yes there's going to be an element of questioning throughout the pre-production phase to understand what that journey has been like but in terms of the creation of that particular video it's very much focused on um what those uh, results are and understanding what they're going to say before they're going to say it yeah i think one thing i have noticed um over the years is kind of when the questions do come from someone who's maybe not as familiar with creating case studies is the questions can be quite sort of open-ended and it can be kind of like how was working with our company very sort of open-ended and someone could say literally there's, there's hundreds of answers you can give to that whereas if you ask something very specific in terms of you know how was the how was the customer service how was you know what results did we achieve? What were the benefits? You know, going into those different areas, you're going to get much more specific answers and you can really sort of be more deliberate with your content, I think, in that way. I think it's uh, utilising like the skills of video companies and the interviewing techniques to get the best results. Like, you know, I've seen various people share testimonials online recently and it's it's quite clear that they've just asked that individual to say a little bit about working with them and they maybe don't always sound as enthusiastic as what they would have done if they'd been interviewed because as we know it can take you a few questions to get warmed up and and a, a technique that we'll do is we'll go back and ask those first few questions again once the interviewee's kind of got into the swing of it so I think it's also quite important um, to you know to have the people who are, you know, there's it's, there's a skill to interviewing, isn't there? It's easy to ask a question. Right? There's, there's no skill in just asking questions. It's kind of 
what you do with that response um, and coaching them, but also enabling them to kind of be more concise and to get to where, get to the messaging that you want. Because I'd say, anyone can ask a question, but it's how you get the answer that you want. Um, and touch on your point that with clients just sending over a list of questions, that's really the questions are the last things that you look at. It's the messages and understanding that. And then what a good interviewer will do, they they know exactly what they want to get out of this interview and their job is to get it out, not we've got these questions, let's see what turns up. Pretty much how I interview you guys when we do this. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, we did it, but like you say, back in the day, like when we first started and you are kind of a bit like, uh, so something good comes out of this. Yeah. Don't leave anything to chance, basically. Yeah, exactly. So I think we've covered kind of who we're looking to capture case study content with. We've got into, I guess, the, the creation of it around storytelling and results focused. I feel like and the, the final area we've probably not covered, although we've probably touched on, is, I guess, the delivery when you're actually having doing the interview, so getting that personalities across. Yeah, I mean, it comes back to sort of utilizing any sort of skills and experience you do have within your organization in terms of interviewing but it's also um making sure again going back to the beginning in selecting the right client is someone that you do have a, a good relationship with and someone that someone that's passionate about what they're talking about and i think you can tell that in early conversations if someone does have a lot to say and then you know they, they do truly believe in what they're doing um you're definitely going to get a much better performance out, out of them and and their personality will come to the fore but it's not always and I, I take your point but i would say it's not always the most passionate because sometimes those that are the most passionate can talk for hours and hours about a particular sub like say the subject matter expert in a particular thing isn't always the best person in my opinion, to deliver it because you you need somebody who's going to be able to speak concisely and sum, summarise that. So I think for me, it's probably having that, that blend of characteristics in that individual. Definitely, yeah. And, and I think you can establish that by almost, as Joe's referred to, in asking those questions early on um, and sort of doing it in a more informal setting and sort of just listening to how they talk about you guys as a company you can almost envisage them being in the case study there and then does it work does it not work um i think you can get a good idea early on and it's coming down to the um the the, the persona that of your target audience as you mentioned at the start it's if your target audience is marketing directors um say if it's for videos then you you ideally want your case studies to be spoken to by the, the director level as opposed to say an exec who you've who you've worked with and who's enjoyed the, the you know the, the service and that side of things where the director will probably focus more on on results so it's making sure that matches up with your target audience as well the the other thing to to bear in mind with about kind of getting the right response and getting the personality across is um is if you don't it's to really Try get to know that person as well as you can. Realistically, that's not always going to happen. You're not going to have loads of phone calls with them and get to meet them a lot. Um, so one thing that we always do is try to make sure we have enough time at the start of interviews just so you, that interviewee can feel comfortable with you and get to know you a bit more. Um, and a trick we've, we've done sometimes is you kind of touch on some of those questions you're going to ask before you sit down 
just in passing conversation because that's quite often where you can get some of the best answers that's a really key point as well actually is is around the scheduling of the interviews yeah. and if you're doing a few you know the amount of times we hear well it only takes five minutes to do an interview doesn't it it's like well you can ask the questions in five minutes and, yeah. but to you know the more time you afford to that interview the more time you allow you know the professional to get the best delivery and the best results that, that's going to create the best video so it's making sure that you don't just cram your interview schedule so tight that there's no room for building rapport working on delivery and all that side of things as well yeah and it adds more pressure to them as well if you know that you've only like the interview if you've only got 10 minutes like yeah right best crack on <laughs> go on yeah <laughs> yeah it's worth thinking about as well you know if it is someone that uh, you've had a personal kind of um good relationship with um over the years and you've got a good rapport with them and if you're going to be on site you're likely to get some sort of b-roll footage with them as well and and it really does come across when it's clear that you know you do have a good kind of rapport with each other so i think it's worth bearing in mind if 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 the opportunity is there to do that then definitely take advantage of it yeah it's all about getting the personality of the individual across and and that brand personality and I guess like you say that the personality of that relationship between sort of supplier and uh, and client I think the final point we just wanted to touch upon which kind of features quite prominently throughout pretty much any video that you do create and that's that sort of clear call to action yeah uh, without a clear call to action it's it can almost be pointless doing it you need to be very clear as to what you want the viewer to do next so are you wanting them to watch more video cases are you wanting to download an ebook are you wanting to do you know what i mean whatever that goal is you need to make that clear at the end of the video and not try shove too many things in all right that's what a call to action isn't is like you say it's website email telephone twitter handle you name it it's all crammed on there no one's going to retain any of that information but just a clear directive of what what you want the viewer to do next will give them a much better chance of doing so than not saying anything at all I think that as well, once you've got to that point in the video, you know, presuming you've done your case study well, your viewer's going to be the most impressionable point that they are throughout the whole thing. And they probably are ready for that next step. You know, what is, what do I need to do next to kind of move on in this kind of journey that, that, that they're on? Um, and I think a, an important part of that as well at the end of the video is to include some sort of recommendation as well. It's one of the questions that... I'd say we probably ask on every single case study that, that we've ever um, been part of. Um, uh, it's just that kind of sign off from your client saying, we've had a very good experience. I'm happy to almost put my neck on the line and say, yes, I think other people should use these guys because um, we've had such a good experience. And like I say, that kind of gets the viewer to a point where they're like, okay, yep, these guys are happy, I want to go achieve these results, what do I do next? And there it is at the end. Yeah, definitely. I think there was one other point which we were going to sort of touch on, but we've not quite got to, is just around making sure you're asking your clients, you know, building it into your, your process. You know, we, as we mentioned on, on, on a previous um, episode, we, we now do a feedback call after every uh, project and that, you know, providing everything goes well and it's we get 10 out of 10 feedback and all that side of things it, it presents a perfect opportunity to ask them there and then you know we since we've started to do ask for more feedback the amount of case studies that we're creating has jumped up massively as well so. So, sometimes people can be a bit nervous or scared to reach out and ask people don't they so yeah. having it part of the process like that is 
is the best way of doing it. And if if they say no, at least you know that there's something wrong with the process and you can fix it. I think the more cases you can have as well can really sort of affect the perception of your company. I think if you're designed to do cases but you only ever do one, it can almost have the reverse effect to say, well, why have you only got one? Has only one person ever had a good experience? I think coming into the whole sort of making sure that all your case studies work well together, I think having more of them uh, obviously just gives off that impression that you that you're hitting the mark every single time. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's about it, really, in terms of episode four. Um, so we've been chatting through what those sort of best or how to create the best video case studies. So I guess just. Before we go, I just want to sort of round up what those sort of seven top tips are that we've been chatting through. So firstly, it's to make sure that you pick the right clients to work with. Secondly, is to create a complementary suite of case study videos, whether that's based on industry, size or product. Thirdly, you want to be clear on what the story is. So what the problem was and what the outcome. Number four, look for an emotional hook. What was the personal impact on that particular story? Number five, focus on emphasizing key stats and figures and tangible results. Number six, ensure you get your personality across, whether that's on a brand or an individual level. And finally, number seven, as with most videos you create, or all videos you create, is to have a clear call to action. Speaking of call to action, uh, if you've enjoyed uh, listening to this podcast, then make sure you rate and subscribe to the channel to get more wonderful insights there we go that was a not a very clear call to action (laughs) (laughs) thanks for joining us this week and we look forward to joining you in a couple of weeks see you soon (laughs) (laughs) see you soon